Well, Wednesday nights for 2014 and possibly beyond, do you know what our, our overarching title is going to be? Believe. believe. Everybody say it like you believe it. Believe. believe. And uh, I want to take a few moments uh, because this will be part three of this. Last week I was gone. Also, we had a wonderful night of uh, water baptisms, which is an incredible thing and a great celebration last week. And so we want to dive back in, but I want to be very intentional, very deliberate to do a little bit of review that's going to help to set the stage for all of us. And then we're going to crank it up tonight and get moving with some of this. So let me go over this so we'll all be on the same page. We'll be ready to to run having learned this. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your with all your mind. God wants us to love him with everything that we are. And please don't miss this. He also wants us to love him with our mind. How many of you know sometimes we have problems with our mind? (laughs) And then sometimes uh, it's the problems with our mind that create other problems such as algebra. (laughs) It just doesn't fit in there for me. Uh, I did read the other day and read the whole article. I didn't have time yet, but I will go back and read it that I believe it's the state of Texas is about to uh, make algebra two is no longer required. I am moving my children to Texas and <clears throat> the great state of Texas, but we're to love God with all of our mind. Uh, I really do feel led of the Lord that we, we uh, focus in on what we're going to focus in with believe and let me throw a few things at you. We are believers. Are you a believer? Amen. I'd rather be a believer than anything else. Okay? Seriously. Uh, we are believers. And here's some of the ground we're going to cover. But what is it that we believe? What is it that we believe? I'm, I'm a believer. I'm all in. And we, and we don't know some things that we perhaps need to know. So what is it that we believe? And why do we believe fill in the blank? And can you articulate what you believe. Can you share in a clear way uh, with someone why you believe what you believe? Plus, what you believe governs your life. And if you are off in your beliefs, you're going to be off in your life. And God has given us his word. We're accepting God's word as authority in our life. We'll establish that also in this series. You're going to be more convinced of the authority uh, of the word of God, um, in the next few weeks, we're going to finish a, a, a portion here uh, on Revelation, not on the book of Revelation, but on the doctrine of Revelation. And then uh, we're going to talk about the scripture and how it came to us and a number of things. You're just going to have such confidence, even in a way of, of historically how it got to us, that you could stand toe to toe with anybody that would say, well, the Bible, this, the Bible, that. And, you know, how many know that a lot of people just got little bits and pieces of stuff here and there, and then they form some kind of argument. And so it's, it's very important that we know what we believe and that we're able to articulate that in a wonderful way. In first Peter three fifteen, in the new international, it says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and with respect. So again, we've got to know what we believe. We've got to be able to share those things in, in a, uh, uh, 
a respectable uh, and rational way that it's un- that we know what we're saying and we can help others to understand that as well. Y'all with me? Bob, your head, do, do something tonight. Okay. Um, Christianity is both heart and head. And we've got to make sure that we don't just have a big heart and a little head. And we don't want to have a big head and a little heart. So we want to make sure that we have all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind in this as well. This is not about, as I, as I told you two weeks ago, this is not about being able to argue somebody into the kingdom of God. Because it's a work of the Holy Spirit. But, but your mind is a part of this whole connection here. If you could, in fact, argue somebody into the kingdom of God, then somebody else might could argue them right back out. So, but it helps, though, when heart is convinced and heart is assured and mind is able to go along with that, then you're extra safe and extra strong um, in that. The day that we live in, how many would, would uh, if I said that our culture is mostly crazy and there's nothing uh in the closet anymore anywhere and hollywood is not your source of information standards anything else please know that okay and i don't say that with any hatred some of the most talented people wonderful people in a whole lot of ways but listen Listen, we've, we've got to get our truth. We've got to get our information from the light of God's word. And, and I'll go ahead and tell you, one day everybody will know. One day everybody, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. And one day every person. Amen. Let's, let's, let's thank God for that tonight. Everybody. Everybody. And one day, uh, the prophet Isaiah also says that one day people are going to turn and they're going to see the deceiver. And they're going to go, you mean that's the one that deceived the nations? Maggot infested? That's in, that's in the... You're kidding. And he's a deceiver. Well, what, how do we combat deception? Truth. How do we overcome darkness? Light. And so that's what we want to get out of this. And I'll tell you what, you're, you're going to be able to walk very sure-footed in some days where our culture has just lost it. Um, not new to our culture, but because of social media and technology and, and media saturation, um, there are things that take place and it seems to be more prevalent. And it's, it's what we would call language shifts. Language shifts. It's, it's attempts to redefine things. It's happened all through history. And ultimately, it's to change and to eradicate ideas and values. And people do that to fit so that they feel better about what they're doing. And that happens, that's happened for thousands of, of years that people always try to do that. And we're, we'll visit that as we go through here. It relates to worldviews. People actually will form a worldview. Uh, for example, if I take God out of my worldview, then I don't have to answer to God. Amen. Right. So you can shape a worldview. But if we, we have, we do not have, hear me, we do not have a Christian worldview. We have a biblical worldview. Because if I, as I've told you, there's, 
there's a whole lot of different flavors and sizes and everything that would, quote, come under Christian. But we want to have a biblical worldview, and, and we'll be addressing that as we go along here, too. So it's, it's really vital, it's necessary that we are able to present a coherent theology, okay? And we're going to learn and we're going to grow, and this is it's going to be enjoyable. This is going to be engaging. It's going to be challenging at times. But I'm telling you, we will learn, we will grow, and that will help in your confidence, your strength, and your joy as a, as a believer. And so I feel really a responsibility. I feel an assignment of God that we bring ourselves up in the level of, of loving God with our mind. You know, I was listening tonight during worship and you were singing. There were several times where they can't kind of came off the mics a little bit. Aren't you thankful for our worship team and just wonderful, but they came, came off their mics a little bit and I could hear you all singing tonight. And it was just a beautiful thing. And, and can I tell you, it's not just beautiful for me or for them. I, I so often just envision with my mind, just, you know, like a dome. If we had a domed building, they're going to wish they had a domed building for Super Bowl this weekend. But, but, uh, but it just would open up and our, our praise would just go up to God, you know, go to him. And y'all did that tonight. Just a sweet smelling fragrance just going up to God. So that's, that's heart. But we also need to grow headwise as well. Amen. All right. Get this, get this thought here. We've got to be able to have a logical, meaningful, organized theology that we know what we believe, why we believe it, and uh, able to articulate that for ourselves and for other people. All right. Get this thought. Theology is the foundation of everything else. Theology is, is the foundation of everything else. That's our teaching, our doctrine, what we believe. That's the foundation for everything else. I want you to bear that in mind. We're going to attach something to that in just a few moments here. Now, again, I'm still reviewing a little bit. If we don't know what we believe, and I'll hit these real quick. If we don't know what we believe, then we won't apply it. And if you don't apply it, then it's, then it's a waste. It's been said that spiritual knowledge without application is ignorance. And so to know something and not to do it, we deceive ourselves. So we won't apply it if we, if we don't know what we believe. If we don't know what we believe, we can't defend our faith. And we're, we're in a day where we're going to have to square up and be able to look people in the eye and in a gentle, respectful way, be able to say, no, 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 it's this. And to be able to say it and, and, and be able to say to people, no, no, don't misconstrue what I'm saying as intolerance or hate or anything else. No, no, this is truth that I believe in my heart. Amen. And be able to love people, but be able to stand there and not have to cower away or go into some kind of emotional. Well, I just I just believe it. And you stop. <laughs> you know, we got to grow up in, in these things and, and be able to have conversation with people and hopefully build a bridge to them because God wants them in his family just as much as he wants you in his family. But if we don't know what we believe, we can't defend our faith. If we don't know what we believe, we'll be subject to wrong beliefs. You know, and you've got to be careful, Christian television even. You know, there, you don't have to like pass a test to get on Christian television. You just got to be able to write a check. And so a lot of times there's some things out there. Well, I'll just say this. I wish weren't out there. If we don't know what we believe, we'll cherry pick uh, things out of context. 
And if you take a text out of context, it's called pretext, which is kind of deceiving of ourselves and of others. If you don't know what you believe, you can't effectively share your faith. And we're here to share our faith with us. If you don't know what you believe, you can't pass faith on. And this one is huge. This one just sticks out to me. And I know I've told you this several times in the last few weeks, but I just want to share this again. If, if, if I don't know, if you don't know what we believe, I can't pass that on to my children. And now I have grandchildren. My, my prayer life, I think, is kicking up because of my concern for the world that they're coming up in. And I've, they've got to have faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So if I don't know what I believe, I can't pass that on. If you don't know, you can't pass it on. We'll just hammer people with, well, you, you should do this and do that and do that and never do that. And how many of you know that has not worked? That has not worked. We, we've got to be able to effectively pass that on. Now get this. And this moves me. It only takes one generation of ignorance for a truth to die. Now think about this. If one generation knows truth, loves truth, lives truth, but they can't effectively share that truth with the next generation, then this next this second generation is only going to remember this truth. And if somebody in this generation then is just remembering truth, if they don't get revived back to this truth and come to know it, love it, and live it. If they, if, if they don't, then the generation following them will reject this truth. It'll be foreign to them. It'll be mythical to them. Might as well forget it. And so, guess what? I didn't make that up. We're watching that happen. Amen. We're watching that happen. And so, what do we do? We've got to revive people to truth. And if you come to know the truth, if you taste and see that the Lord is good, if you receive his truth, it'll set you free. And that starts to happen in your life and you know it and you love it and you live it. And then you're equipped to be able to effectively share it with others. Truth lives on. And I know that it can because the word even says that truth endures forever and another spot to all generations. Do you believe truth should endure to all generations? And it should. It should. Now, let's go ahead then and uh, dive into where we're headed tonight. A little bit of review from two weeks ago, but I needed to do that to tie it together. We want to talk about doctrines. So when we're talking about theology and doctrines, don't let those words get in the way, but it is good that you hear those things. Venti, Frappuccino. I mean, you know other... other big words. So you might as well know these. So doctrine, theology, anything with ology pretty much is a study of something. So this is the Theo has to do with God. So it's a study of God and the things of God. So theology, we have to have what is called a systematic theology, which is all It all goes together. And this is the exciting thing. It actually all fits together incredibly. It's so incredible how it all fits together. And out of that, then we have what would be called doctrine. And doctrine is just teaching. It's it's 
what we believe on certain things. And we're told to hold fast to sound doctrine. We're to know. And doctrine's an important thing. It's one of the things that Paul probably emphasized more and was concerned more about than any other thing was false doctrine or wrong doctrine. And so it's real important that that we get this. So the first doctrine that we want to look at is the doctrine of revelation. Again, not the last book of the Bible, but the doctrine of revelation. And uh, this is, remember I told you earlier that theology is the foundation for everything else. Remember that? Theology is the foundation for everything else. Well, the doctrine of revelation is the basis of Christian theology. This is the beginning point. So that won't make full sense yet, but it will before we leave here tonight. So let's look at what revelation is. Revelation is an uncovering. It's to reveal something. It's to uh, unveil something. It's to let you see something. Um, the idea in the Greek language is if you had a, a statue or a work of art and it is covered. And now we're going to have the great reveal. Y'all here? And so what do we do? We reveal it. What do we do? We uncover it. That means that somebody lets you see it. And so they, unre- they, they unveil it. And so it's the unveiling of something. Uh, I remember in school, we always had these Folger coffee cans. Do y'all remember this? Remember how good those smelled? And my mom saved every container. You know, so if it was Cool Whip, actually, we didn't buy a Cool Whip. We bought the Winn-Dixie brand of everything growing up. No joke. I got my tennis shoes at Winn-Dixie. You laugh. I did. I don't anymore. Um, she saved those because you, I mean, you know, you can never have too many of those. Pill bottles. Saved those. Because you might need them. Coffee cans. Every kind of container. She just had cabinets and bags just full of those. Because you might need them. My mom passed in 1990. We threw them all away. Okay. But I can remember going to school and like I'd be messing around before school or the day, the afternoon before and find something. So I found like these two big grasshopper locust kind of deals. And what do you do with anything that you put in a can or a jar? You got to put a stick and some grass in there. So I put a stick and some grass and I put them in there and I put, put that snap back lid on there. And then you take screwdriver or knife, poke some holes in it. Right? Did y'all do this? I mean, now people just have video games, you know, just. So I'd take that and I'd take it to school and you had to be careful about revealing that. Because you couldn't just pull the top off because guess what? So I can remember show and tell, which I loved show and tell. I lied about show and tell. I'd bring stuff and lie about it. I, well, I was little, okay? I'll, I'll tell you some of the stuff later, but we got to get on to this stuff. But I remember bringing some locusts and my teacher said, okay, Timmy, what do you have? And I got, I told her and you know, I want to show the class, but I couldn't just do that. And I said, I'm going to have to go around and show everybody though. So what I would do is go up to each one, 
And then just peel that lid back. And just peel that lid back. And show them. You know what that was? Revelation. And if I didn't want to show somebody, I wouldn't show them. But I did. But I could not have. If I, if I wanted to, I, I could have not showed. So somebody has to be involved in revealing. There has to be somebody that is the revealer. And so revelation, God is making himself known. God is revealing himself. Get this. God reveals himself. Man does not, hear this, man does not find God. God has to reveal himself. Man can't find God's truth. God reveals it. God reveals it. Now hang on with me because I know we've heard that so much of our life. I found God. I found God. He let you find it. It's like I saw the locust. It's because I let you see it. Okay. And so we can't, and I'll show you why in a moment. We can't, we can't find God. We can't find his truth. He reveals it to us. You're going to find throughout this whole teaching that God is so good. God loves you so much. He comes to you. He seeks you. He's, he's trying to make these things known to you. So God is making himself known to mankind. He's making his truth made known to mankind, which otherwise we could not know. We can't know God unless he reveals himself. But guess what? He does reveal himself. And that's what we're going to find in the doctrine of revelation is how God reveals himself. He wants to be known. That's why he made you. He wants to be known and he wants to know you. And so he does this through revelation. He's the revealer. He initiates it all. We don't find God. As I said, he reveals himself and, and listen. And if he does not, then we are lost. We're lost. Now look at this. We've got God and we've got man. And God is infinite. You understand? Infinite. And man is what? Finite. And then you've got God, and we'll just do a short list here. God who is holy. And man without God is what? Sinful. And these are so different. These are so different. Finite, trying to find infinite. Sinful, trying to connect with holy. It can't happen. It's too different. It's, that's too far to go. We can't do this. Man has tried to do this through all kinds of religion and, and different. Man can't do this. But guess what God does? God so loved the world. God, infinite, holy God connects with us in such a way that we ultimately can end up becoming infinite and holy. But it's God who reveals it's on God's end that this, that this happens. God makes himself accessible. He accommodates, he initiates all of this and reveals himself to man. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at something called General revelation. Everybody say that. General revelation. And I just want to hit this super duper quick here. It's general revelation. It's to all people. Everybody. Everybody say everybody. It's to everybody at all times, at all places. It's available to all people, not just a specific group. It's general also because the content is broad. It's just, it's just, it's just general. 
And it is found typically, does anybody remember? In creation. In creation. So everybody can experience creation. Everybody can see. And art tells about the artist. And creation tells about the tells about the creator. Let's just look real quick here. Psalm 19.1. The heavens, and not heaven, eternal heaven, but the skies, the the clouds, the stars, all of that that's above us, the atmosphere. The heavens declare or reveal the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. It shows what he has made, the works of his hands. Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, and see, that's where worldview comes in again. If you say, no, it wasn't created. You, you take that out of, the, out of the way. You take God out of the way. You take creator God out of the way. See, your worldview is very, very important because of, that's the basis of every, everything else you build on. But uh, where are we? For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Where? In, his, in what he's made. For being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, mankind, are without excuse. Without excuse for what? For knowing that there's a God. And so it's general and it's to everybody. Uh, Also, we saw that not only in creation, but also in conscience. Within every person, there is some moral law. Within every person, there is a conscience. Now, Scripture says that men don't like to retain the knowledge of God. And he said, now I'll give you, I'll give you over to, to a reprobate mind. So you, you can lose that, but nobody's without excuse. Everybody would know. You'd look around and how this happened. Well, you see, one time there was this goo and an explosion. And Now, you look at it, and I'm going to tell you, if there's, a, there, if there's design, there is a designer. I mean, you may not be able to put it all together, but you can realize, as the old, the old song was, there's somebody bigger than you and I. And then there's moral law. And like I said, some people don't like to retain the knowledge of God. Romans 1 talks about that. It also talks about First Timothy that people can sear your conscience. You can sear it. And we see that happening in our culture all the time as well. But man is without excuse as far as knowing that there would be a God. And... It is not enough for salvation, though. It's not enough to bring a person to salvation. But hopefully what it does is bring a person to a point of curiosity. Bring a person to a, a point of appetite. Of, of, of uh, obligation almost. Who made this? And I would encourage you that are even believers that you, you need to get outside more. You need to look at what he made. Wee doggy. How many of y'all know where that's from? Anybody? A few of you. But you need to get out and see and and feel what he has made. He is not creation. You know, the plant, the turtle, all those things. That's not God. But God made those things. And we can see some things about God in those things. But that's general revelation, and that is to everybody. Now, real quick. The, one, the other one we want to get to tonight is what is called special revelation. Everybody say special. Special revelation. There's one other form that we won't get to tonight. This one's necessary for revelation. Because see, general revelation through conscience, through creation, can bring you to an awareness that there's a God. 
But I can't get to salvation without faith comes by what? Hearing Hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. Uh, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call upon him in whom they've not heard? Or how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear unless somebody tell them? So you've got to hear. You've got to hear the gospel. You've got to hear of this revelation here so that then you can come to salvation. Can I tell you something? Salvation, that's what it's all about. That's what everything is about. That's why, listen, that's why God saves you is for the salvation of others as well. Are you hearing that? It's not just to save you so, wow, now I'm in. Notice he saved you and he left you here. You know, and he wants to use us. He wants to save you and use you. Now, special revelation is to particular people, specific times and places. It's recorded. Special revelation is recorded in the scripture, in the Bible. Let's read a couple things here real quick. Second Timothy 315. You still with me? And that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So again, special revelation is going to bring you to a point of salvation. And then Jeremiah 18, one, watch it's God revealing himself. Get this now. What special revelation is, is God revealing himself and God revealing his truths. So in Jeremiah 18, 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, and we won't go into what all he said right there, but the Lord revealed through a prophet at that point. So the Lord revealed something to a prophet to be said to other people, a special revelation. First Timothy three sixteen, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was what revealed, revealed in a human body and vindicated by the spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. And so what happens here, uh, it's divine words. Here's what special revelation is. Divine words and biblical historical events. So we're going to get revelation from those things. But where are we going to find those things? Right here. Stay with me these last few minutes here. Right here. So think about them. Think about some historical events right here. Creation. The Exodus. Feeding 5,000. Here's, here's one of the biggest. The Incarnation. What was that? That was God revealing himself to man. That was God coming. We talked a lot about that at Christmas time. Look, look at this in Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke, he's revealing, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days spoken to us, he's revealing something, to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So he's connecting it there. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated. What's he doing? God with us. What's he doing? He's revealing himself. John 14.9. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me, watch this. He who has seen me has seen. What? What is that? It's revealing. So how can you say, show us the father? So it is 
God's plan of salvation revealed through biblical historical events, revealed through divine words. What does he show us? He reveals himself and he reveals how to live. And that's what special revelation is. I can't get that by smelling a rose. I can't get that by watching a sunset. I can get that through special revelation. And then through scripture, through God's word, recorded revelation that he reveals to us, I can then come to salvation, which is what he's after. Now, we've got to have both general revelation, special revelation. If we only have this, we have no excuse for rejecting God. But we also would be ignorant of how to connect with God. God does this to all men, but this ties in with our free moral agency that we, we have freedom of choice. But he lays it out in front of all of us. God wants, get, get this, God does not want robots. He could have just said, you're going to follow me. All of you follow me. Walk in line, do right all the time. Tithe, be sweet. And those are all good ideas. But he, he does not want you to, to do that just because he wants you to do that. What if you just could make somebody love you? You will love me. You will say this. You will say that. You would... That's not going to work. It would be so ungenuine, unreal, un. Are you following me? Meaningless. Empty. God wants to reveal himself to us. And then when we see him, we want to know him. He wants to reveal his love. And what does 1 John say? We love him because we go to Meadowbrook Church. No, no, no. We love him. Why? How do you know he loves you? Special revelation. He told you. He showed you. It's, it's right there. And then when you see that, when it gets revealed to you, you go, oh. And those of you that are a believer came to a point one day, you go, whoa. He loves me. He did all of that. And then something goes off on the inside and it's like, I love you too. I love you too. He designed us that way. I said he designed us that way. If somebody's good to you, what will you typically be to them? If, if somebody shows affection and energy toward you, you'd, you'll do the same. We're just designed. I, I told this dumb story before. I was in like sixth grade. I'm in the cafeteria. Some little girl makes her way across the cafeteria. And she said, Beth likes you. I said, I like Beth. Which one is she? It was sixth grade. All right. But you know what? People are good to my kids. I like them. See what you see what I'm saying? We're just kind of wired that way. God wired us that way, but it becomes our own will. But he reveals himself to us through special revelation. All right, now I've got to wrap this up. So if special revelation, for the most part, is found in Scripture, 
I'm going to tell you something that I have never said before. You're going to need daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. You are. This is special revelation. You can't get it anywhere else. And you also got to get yourself to church. I don't know if this is totally proper, but Alicia's not here tonight. You need to get your rear in here. Okay? I mean, throughout your week. All right? Rhetorical question. Who would like to get you confused about general revelation? That it just kind of evolved in this and that and blah, 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 blah. All right? Who would really like to block you from getting special revelation? The devil, the enemy of your soul. So you didn't, do you know what he will do? I'm about to uncover this. He's going to give you the lamest excuses to keep you out of the Bible. He's going to give you the lamest excuses to not go to church. Why? Because every time you hear it, every time you see it, something goes off because eternity is written in the hearts of men. And there's a connection from an infinite and holy God that's going to resonate within you created in the likeness and the image of God. And every time you get understanding in the word and every time that you hear the word and his good news, faith is energized. Faith rises. Are you hearing? And you'll never be the same. So this is what I want to tell you. And then we're going to wrap this up. The enemy of your soul will give you the dumbest, lamest excuses to stay out of the word and to stay out of church. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to have to push past those things. You're going to have to get over it. If they start to get in your mouth, you get a lame excuse in your mouth, spit it out. I'm never saying that again. Get yourself up. Get yourself going. Crack the Bible open. We've done a lot of teaching, a lot of series. We put out notes, all kinds of things. How to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. You've got to because that's where you're going to get special revelation. You've got to get yourself in church. And so much the more as you see the day approaching, you have to be under teaching. You've got to be in a safe place where the whole purpose that you came together was him. And him revealing himself to you. And he'll do it in worship. And he'll do it in times of prayer. But he's not going to do it apart from special revelation of his word and you come into the understanding of it. So look at me. It's time to fight. It's time to fight off all the excuses, fight off all the stuff of your schedule. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, some of you are overscheduled. You're overscheduled. I don't have time for this. Sunday's my only day off. Did you hear what you just said? Let me tell you another thing about Sunday. Sunday is the Lord's day. Now, if you work on Sunday, I'm not condemning you because it's kind of the nature of our day. And maybe that's a shift you're on or whatever. But you know what you do? I, I mandate of our staff that they are current with the mes- message of the house. There's some of our staff that because they're serving in other ends, they can't be down here. But they've got to be current in the message of the house. Or you know what I, I will do? I'm not going to pay you anymore. Because how, how can you serve fresh food down there? How are you, how are you going to minister on the phone or upstairs or anything? How are you going to do that if you don't, 
if you're not staying current with what God is saying to this, to this body. So it's vital. So we got a million ways for you to do that. Online, CDs, all, all kinds of ways to do that. But you know what? Push past it. I just, and I'll close with this. Just last week, we are in St. Louis for funeral for Alicia's aunt. Funeral was at 10. And then we waited a little bit. And then we had to leave the church. And we had to drive an hour to a, a military cemetery. Do the ceremony there. And then drive back. If y'all know me, by then I was what? I was hungry. (laughs) And there's a lot of old sweet relatives and sweet people and church friends and all that stuff. And we went back to the church and they'd catered in a meal. And I'll tell you what, I was not rude. But I was second in line. Okay. (laughs) All right. I was smiling to people. Good for you. Praise God. Isn't this wonderful? Aunt Catherine. Yeah. Fried chicken. (laughs) And you just got to stop letting so many things get in your way. You got to be hungry. And if you'll be hungry and thirsty for righteousness, he will fill you. He will reveal things to you and we'll never get it all. We'll never get it all. Don't think, well, I know that verse. He revealed part of it to you. He revealed part of it. And it go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And one day in eternity, I got to stop. Did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight? Hallelujah.